Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for October 10th, 2021, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost in year B, proper 23. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. But Bruce, how are you? I'm good. The San Francisco Giants won their division. Woohoo! Is it time? Is it time already? The playoffs start uh, Wednesday of this week. So either they've just started or they haven't started, you know, depending on when you're listening to the podcast. So who are they uh, losing to in the first round? Well, I won't <laughs> deny that. <laughs> <laughs> they will They will play the winner of the one-game wild card game. Mm, so they're going to play either the Cardinals or the Dodgers, it looks Very like. Very good. Okay. Yeah, and both those teams are really tough. So okay. this is one of those, um, maybe I'll just buy the Western Division champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like, a, so your first game is Friday. Friday, yep. Uh, and then uh, Friday and Saturday. So we'll check in with you on Sunday and see how you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked to see if the Saturday game's a night game or a afternoon game. Uh, it is to be determined, so it is yeah. not yet decided. Yeah, all the the networks get to decide that to get the highest ratings, so that goes by like basically it goes by when does New York want to play? Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm obviously I'm hoping it's not a night game on the West Coast, since that make me have to stay up late. Late. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that time of year then. Well, fantastic. Well, I, I, at least you get playoff baseball. Uh, yeah. I grew up an Indians fan, so that didn't happen very often. Uh, <laughs> and usually, if it ever did, we would go to the World Series and get completely blanked by the Tampa Bay Rays. So, um, <laughs> it was fun times. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but. Uh, you know, that's not the only thing that's uh, happening this week. Just, just this past week, actually, we had uh, we had our uh, pet blessing on, yeah. on Sunday, which was really cool. Uh, and uh, some of the some of the pets were better behaved than the parishioners. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, better. Well, be- yeah, actually. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> not to name names, but my kids. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just they deserve some credit. They were they were very distracted by great. the fluffy bunnies. Uh, Those were amazing. Yes, yes. Cinnamon and Snowball. Oh, I know. Did I never got a chance to catch yeah, their names? Yeah, uh, Cinnamon and they're they're named by color. Uh, oh, okay. That's why makes I can sense. remember them. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And, oh, so fluffy and cute. Yeah, we had and some. Huge. Yeah, they were they were giant. Um, and uh and and so many so many dogs so many uh, yeah. uh, 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 uh which were which were great and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh canine friends were very happy to see other canine friends so yes. that was that was a ton of fun so yeah uh, and a, a couple of parishioners told me that their their dogs when they got out of their car just perked i'm like oh we're going to church <laughs> uh, but they did have a good memory of past pet blessings oh good good yeah. good good it's, it's, it's so I'm just imagining that they're getting out of the car and going, it's not the vet. Yeah, Yay! exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the, this week we go back to blessing pet owners uh, and, yeah, and, and everyone else. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Though but, if uh, anyone brings their dog, they won't be turned away or bunnies. 
Like, there you go. Those yeah. were well-behaved bunnies. Uh, I, I believe our phrase has been and will continue to be all are welcome. You yeah. do not specify uh, when you say that uh, mm-hmm. uh, human attendees. Um, so, Yeah, as long as they tithe, they're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple okay, of dogs. Put the that... tenth of a milk bone in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking there were a couple of dogs that, that would be happy to contribute 10% of their drool to, yeah. uh, to the church. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it was uh that was that was great and if you didn't uh, get a chance to catch that uh that is up on our youtube channel at hfec videos and uh but uh, this week we return to normal broadcasting uh so uh eight and ten in, uh, live and in person nine o'clock uh, um, um educational hour for um for kids for for adults uh and uh what's what's our What's the next thing that's uh, coming up? What's what's on our calendar that we should look ahead to? We have, um, hopefully, this Sunday, the first use of the new playground. Oh, yeah, that's right. We, uh, installation Saturdays. is the Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, we have Fingers the lined up and all that. Yeah, I mean, weather permitting, but it looks good at this point, the weather forecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll bolt that thing together, and it's being... Um, anchored with quick concrete so Mm -hmm. it'll it'll be ready to play on within moments of the last wrench being turned excellent Uh, and we have coming up uh trunk or treat on the friday before halloween where households are welcome to come to the church parking lot and Mm -hmm. offer candy from their cars in a safe and supervised way and People even more so are invited to bring their kids to go trick or treating around the parking lot. And this is our second year, and last year some people really went all out on decorating their vehicles, themes, and yeah. everything. Yeah, um, I did my usual going like a cowboy, if I recall correctly, which you know just means I get to wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, so that'll be the 29th, It looks like right. uh, October right. 29th. Okay. Very good. Well, I mean, it is it is fall. It is uh, yeah. that time. We're, uh, we're we're getting into the the, the season. I, I realized as we hit our the twentieth Sunday after Pentecost milestone that uh, we don't have too much more until yeah. we make it into year C. Mm-hmm. Um, and, go to the Gospel of Luke. Yeah, yeah. Back back to the Gospel of Luke uh, once again. Uh, so that'll be uh, very, very interesting uh, to, to get to that point and uh, start into our our, uh, our Advent season, which is mm-hmm. crazy that we're we're there. Crazy, yeah. Roughly we... Thanksgiving I weekend, I think. Yeah. So, uh... oh, and this this Sunday we are continuing for the adults our um, series on uh, saints that helped us with racial justice in our history. Gotcha. Um, oh shoot, I don't have right in front of me who we're doing this week, but we'll have a little video and discussion mm-hmm. and, uh, they've really been intriguing. And if you haven't been to any yet, that's fine. Very Newcomers good. Newcomers are always welcome to it. Very good. Well, let's, uh, let's move over to the person of the day and see if I can't stump you. Um, the, the years for this individual are 849 to 899. Uh, and your person, who I'm kind of hoping that I get a, 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 a sound of recognition uh, for, <laughs> is 
Alfred the Great. Okay, first of all, in my defense, there are lots of Alfreds. <laughs> uh, really this are. is the great one. I, yeah. I, I'm letting you know. I want to say um, Alfred the Great was in the British Isles. Am I so far right? Yeah. Okay. And was um, in the part of the um, one of the British kings, I believe, who prom promoted Christianity. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I was going to ask you, uh, what makes him so great? He promoted Christianity at a time <laughs> when it was no sure thing in the British Isles. So there you go. Kingly promotion. Uh, all and it takes. I, did, I think he supported um, uh, good learning stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, the word learning is actually in this definition. So, yes, you are correct. Uh, I did not Google anything. That really was a true stumbling over. The, what is it called? Uh, he's uh, remembered primarily for promoting ecclesiastical reform and for revi the revival of learning. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, per this definition, uh, learning was dead and he revived it. Priests were stupid. <laughs> and even many bishops. I was, was going to make the joke of what do you mean were, uh, but... <laughs> Where's Alfred when we need him? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Saxon king and patron of the church, uh, born in Wantage, Berkshire, England, uh, became king of Wessex in 80, 871, spent most of his time fighting the invading Danes. Congrats to him. Um, he was able to halt their invasion and secure the southern part of England for the English uh, uh, when Alfred... Uh, Alfred uh, defeated the Danish leader Guthrum mm -hmm. in 878 and persuaded him to be baptized as a Christian. Yeah, so uh, I mean, double win there. Yeah, um, but uh, I was I was interested in like I had said that he's primarily uh, known for the revival of learning and, and ecclesiastical reform, uh, but here's the the laundry list of he of what he and other scholars uh, translating. Um, Latin works uh, into English dialogues, pastoral rule of Pope Gregory the, uh, the Great, the consolations of oh my gosh, uh, Beothus, sure, why not? Uh, <laughs> the history of Erosius and the soliloquies, Erasmus. Of... Nah, nah, can't be. It, that's how the English <laughs> say it. Yeah, it really... Erasius. Interesting. Well. I tried to say Erasmus. Oh, it's O-R-O-S-I-U-S. Oh! Erosius. Oh. Yeah, you were much closer than I was. I was thinking of a different historian. Okay, okay. And then soliloquies of Augustine. Uh, of Augustine. Augustine. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, he alone, of all the English rulers, has been called the Great, uh, according to this definition. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But uh, I can't think of any others. Uh, died in Winchester and is commemorated in the Episcopal calendar of the church year on October 26th. So coming up, Alfred the Great. Get your Alfred the Great shopping done early. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, your T-shirts could sell out any minute now. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, so, so if, again, if you want to become part of the Episcopal Dictionary, 
you know, yet another shining examples of defeat the Danes, become king or or queen, and uh, promote Christianity. And you too could be and promote learning and promote learning that uh, revive it. Uh, uh, yeah. There are those that would say uh, it, it it could use a revival now. Um, <laughs> there um, are there are in certain cases for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, some say of the uh, participants of this podcast could right. really use the benefit of it. <laughs> so, uh, with that in mind, why don't we uh, promote our own learning revival and uh, move to our first reading? Uh, for this coming Sunday. Um, nice transition. I, I, uh, I, I wrote it down ahead of time. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Amos. Amos chapter 5, verse 6 through 7, and 10 through 15. Seek the Lord and live, or he will break out against the house of Joseph like fire, and it will devour Bethel with no one to quench it. Ah, you that turn justice to wormwood and bring righteousness to the ground. They hate the one who reproves in the gate, and they abhor the one who speaks the truth. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who afflict the righteous, who take a bribe and push aside the needy in the gate. Therefore, the prudent will keep silent in such time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you, just as you have said. Hate evil and love good, and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. So, um, Bruce, what is angry Amos talking about here? <laughs> I remember that 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 was his that's his nickname at least that you have given him right, right. angry Amos right. that's the way you remember yeah because um, it, it, it long story short Bible content exam in seminary Hosea and Amos um, talked about very similar dynamics but Amos was almost always angry about it mm, okay so if you had this stuff about the poor being taken advantage of in the gate. Um, with all this angry language. Oh, okay. That's Amos. Um, whereas if it was God is seeking Israel like a bride, bridegroom for a bride. Oh, okay. That's Hosea. <laughs> gotcha. 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 So, um, that, yeah. So, so um, what, what's he, is there, is there anything specific that this uh, passage is railing against? At the moment? Yeah. Well, it's kind of, um, he's railing against the, sadly seems like eternal dynamic of the wealthy getting wealthier by taking advantage of those poor poorer than themselves either the poor or um semi-middle class whatever term would be appropriate to use of that of that historic era mm, okay so the um verses about the gate that that was where judgments were rendered in civil cases. Oh, I was going to ask about it. There's a couple of references there to the gate. Yeah. So the gate was like the, the equivalent of the courthouse steps. 
actually steps and the interior both. Oh, okay, okay. Um, it was an old Middle Eastern tradition that if you had a conflict with someone, you met at the city gate to work it out, and so that's where the wise people would gather to hear the cases, and it eventually became institution formalized um, and institutionalized in that way. But Amos is writing about by this time it's become corrupted by the rich people um, lying, cheating, working the system to their advantage. Hmm. So if, if one really was into the gossip, you just went to the gate and saw what else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. everyone else was airing yeah. out that, in public. That, was part of the, that really was part of the entertainment of the day. Interesting. But, um, both, from the, both from the perspective of gossip, but also from the perspective of hearing really smart people uh, argue about what's the meaning of justice. Hmm. Okay, so, so like the you, know, you could e- either be reading the comics or the front page, and both those kind of unfolded in front of you <laughs> at the gate. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, uh, and and what did we skip here in eight and nine? We skipped two verses. It wouldn't have uh, made it much longer. So why did we cut out eight and nine? Just for brevity, it, it's a um, somewhat redundant of what comes before. It's a, it's some nice verses about how God created everything. Okay. Okay. Um, so when he, when angry Amos is sitting here talking about like, uh, um, you've built houses of hewn stone and pleasant vineyards, but essentially you're not going to get to enjoy that because mm-hmm. is this, is this like, uh, he's calling down a curse on them or, or casting and God's going to cast punishment. Or is this more of, um, a reflection of, um, I guess, I guess chastising them for focusing on things that don't matter. Like you focus on the things that here and now, but essentially these things are not eternal. So you're not going to really get a chance to enjoy. Yeah. There's a, a big piece of it is that the okay. it's very similar to what Jesus teaches about where are you building up your treasure? Um, and some of it is also the um, since you are Amos is saying since you are creating a more and more corrupt system, mm-hmm. you are going to be sucked up by it and spit out. Mm. That you know if right now you think you're winning, and maybe you are today, but there's going to be someone worse than you coming tomorrow, who's going to lie and cheat and take advantage of you at the gate and take everything that you've built up Mm. because you are refusing to hold up a just system and instead are corrupting it. Mm. So um, when the, when the passage begins, um, uh, uh, Amos seems like he's focused on a specific area of um, Israel against mm-hmm. the house of Joseph and um, Bethel. Remind us, or, or, or quite frankly, even remind me, um, like this it's is structured like like where? like um, The northern part of the kingdom. Okay, okay. And, and is, is that the focus of all of Amos's writing or is yeah. it just like this, er, this section of his writing? It, it seems like that's where he 
where his ministry took place. Okay. Amos is a fairly short book, so mm-hmm. it's not like he then, you know, five years later he then said. Right, uh, right. So, yeah, it all, his whole, all that we hear from him takes place in the northern area of um, the kingdom. Gotcha. And then the, the, the house of Joseph, isn't the, isn't that, um, isn't that the same house that, uh, that, uh, the messiah comes from though isn't that no no the messiah no. comes from the house of david the house of david so it doesn't yeah it doesn't come from okay joseph is not within the same house okay right okay all right and uh for history's sake uh what did and end up happening any indication that <laughs> the lord god did break out against the house of joseph like a fire and devour bethel uh any, any idea if his words were heeded? <laughs> There's no indication that anyone, any rich people changed their ways. <laughs> uh, which is too bad, because in the uh, Book of Jonah, they do. Uh, but mm. it's not a, a Jewish country that does so. Gotcha. Um, and um, I'm just scanning something here. Yeah, he was probably active around 760 um, before the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so they were approaching the time of the exile, of being taken prisoner into Babylonia, um, but weren't quite there yet. So mm. it wouldn't be surprising if the people who were um, enslaved and taken to Babylonia said, yeah, I think Amos was talking about this. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Interesting. Um, anything more about this passage? Uh, as you pointed out, it's a short book. It's an angry book. Uh, we don't get to it often. And uh, so I don't want to do it any disservice if there's any additional thing to point well, out I, for it. There's a, the, this wonderful part um, in verse 15. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you know that's the definition training of a good society. Hmm. At the, his rich audience was not living out. Yeah, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. not too much better these days. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's why the Bible's still relevant, right? Right. Um, all right. Well, then uh, let's move on to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve through sixteen is our second reading. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one whom we must render an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who, in every respect, has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Um, Hebrews, uh, as you had pointed out, I think probably several weeks ago at this point in time, uh, not 
because uh, I think we've read several weeks in a row yeah. from Hebrews, right? So right. Uh, not a Pauline uh, uh, writing. You not entirely sure who uh, wrote we, it, if I remember right. Right. We uh, this is one of the letters that there's some signs that could have been written by a woman. Okay. So we don't know the gender of the person who wrote it. Mm-hmm. We don't know to whom it was written. Right. Um, though there are some indications that it was uh, to a community somewhere in it what in, in Italy, Italy. Right? Yeah. yeah okay um and and it's very not like paul in its structure gotcha um this is kind of like a call to action uh it almost feels like the way you might end a book is it close mm-hmm. to the end no it, it's actually not it go, hebrews goes on for quite a few more chapters it, to 13 okay but it is the end of a sermon. Ah, there you go. Yeah. No, it's like that's you know. I mean, you could take uh, lessons from this uh, man or woman <laughs> uh, here. Uh, that's a good way to end a sermon. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Yeah, that's not too shabby. Not too bad, right? Right. So, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's another good quotable one. Yeah, for sure. So, um, and, and I look the, the, the language of the letter, uh, uh, or the book, it's more of a, you said it was more of a collection of writings, wasn't it? Uh, or am I dreaming that? But either way, it somewhat is, but it has, it looks like it's one author though. Okay. And what very was, well written. Yeah, that's what that was what I was going to point out. The, the language used uh, here, and and um, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm attributing kudos to the original author and not the translators, but I suppose the translators should deserve to get uh, a little bit of credit here as well. But it seems it, it seems that that the language used is, is just you know, robust and beautiful here. Um, yeah. Yeah. In the original Greek, it reads that way. So, um, uh, and, and this idea, it, it kind of a reminder here, uh, the word of God is living and active, not just, mm-hmm. which I think, especially nowadays, uh, we do kind of have to remind ourselves. Um, yeah. It, it seems as though, I mean, we, in, in a way we kind of contribute to that falsehood uh, uh, from time to time, simply by, the lens of which we even do this podcast of kind of like a history deep dive and mm-hmm. you know what was going on then and how was this relevant to to the people this was written to and it's not uh it's not it's not a stagnant writing um uh it's it's very much uh active uh even today but this imagery of it being sharper than any two-edged sword something that cuts both ways uh, uh, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. Uh, it, it, uh, I mean, the language almost makes me, you know, shudder or, or cringe <laughs> with that <laughs> with that language. It's so uh, so, so interesting um, to be used. What what um, what strikes you in the end of this uh, sermon? Um. Well, the soul and spirit is 
really nuanced because it's almost the same exact word. Hmm. So it is that it, like a Greek thing? Like yeah, a okay. Yeah. And because it it could have been it could be translated um, the divi- the division or the separation of breath and breath. Hmm. I mean, and but it would be like I'm trying to think of another word for breath: breath and inhalation. Hmm. It's like. It really is, and I don't think soul and spirit does does it justice as a translation, but English, particularly modern English, is so bad about spiritual vocabulary. But it mm-hmm. is supposed to give us a sense of being, a, God is able to separate something that seems in un, inseparable. Gotcha. So this, this is, this is literally like the, the spiritual version of, actually splitting a hair like uh yeah. that that yeah. fine that narrow um as hmm. long as when you split the hair you you still had a single hair huh? yeah <laughs> wait what <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean it's, it's like a zen meditation okay of god can split something with it so finely that it's not split i mean doesn't that just mean you missed (laughs) you're going to hell Uh, (laughs) all right yeah i'm not gonna lie that one actually kind of makes my brain hurt so like walk me through this well, okay. Okay. So it's supposed to it's supposed to make me uh, feel dumb and 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 not quite get it. Um, uh, what, yeah, it's supposed to make you this. realize you can't understand it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So so literally, like a, a God doing uh, an imagery of God doing uh, the humanly impossible. Oh, definitely that. Okay. And also doing the humanly beyond human comprehension okay and that we need to just sit there with it mm-hmm. and become comfortable with our inability to comprehend it and yet still believe it's real mm. Mm. not just possible but real in many ways it's a better definite well it's definitely a better definition than saying the nicene creed and saying hey i believe the nicene creed therefore i have faith mm-hmm. it, it's instead being comfortable with with being able to hold in one's mind how beyond god is from us and yet with us mm-hmm. what about what about this reference here in 15 um we do not have a high priest Oh wait, wait! We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize. Never yeah, mind. I read it wrong. So it has first. a double negative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness? I, it confused me at first, but mm-hmm. I'm a simpleton. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you can't skip words here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Missing one of the negatives in a double negative uh, vastly changes what was written. Um, uh, anything else about uh, this uh, this section from Hebrews? Um, uh, I'm just, if you can't think of anything, just make something up. 
<laughs> see, is this part of that reading? Yeah. Um, I don't. I personally find spooky and makes me stop. Um, verse thirteen, and before God, no creature is hidden. Um, but all are naked and lay bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account mm-hmm. that again, very poetic, beautifully phrased. Um, in some ways that this translation is a little clunky, uh, but the whole thing of how humans think they can hide from God. Right. Um, nope. And it's not just humans, but all of creation that mm-hmm. does cannot hide from god mm-hmm. you know there you can't hide behind a, a lead sheet and god's x-ray vision be blinded right um and similarly god knows what every naked mole rat is doing i'm curious as to where why you went with the naked mole why you got to call out the naked mole rat <laughs> um our goddaughter Frankie had a forced um, home learn from home day because of lack of bus drivers. Oh, yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, Kathy and I were a kindergarten teacher for a couple of days oh. while her mom had to work. Uh-huh. And so part of it was naked mole rats. Okay. Which are, which are an absolute hoot. They are really worth looking up. They're they're already naked uh, uh, before we get to uh, being laid bare. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which actually, okay, I I actually could build a sermon on that whole thing. (laughs) I invite you to. Naked mole rats stumbling around in the dark. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And not even knowing they're naked, etc., etc. Right. I mean, obviously a sermon built around people some people that i know and not myself at all <laughs> right <laughs> um be sure to good. call your neighbor a naked mole rat yeah, so yeah right can feel the love of god <laughs> <laughs> my priest talked about you <laughs> <laughs> um well, uh, naked mole rats. I look forward to uh, the sermon this Sunday about naked mole rats. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, um, I recommend Google them so you don't even have to wait. I, very good. Yeah, make sure um, uh, maybe maybe put mole rat first. Yeah, in the yeah. Search you don't engine. Want to mess up your algorithm. Yeah. No, you really don't. You really don't. Um, so uh, let's move on to Mark, our gospel reading for the week. Mark chapter ten. Uh, verses 17 through 31. I was, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loving, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. 
When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have everything and followed you. Jesus left said, everything. Left everything. Yes. <laughs> what did I say? We have everything and have followed you. <laughs> that's, what he that's what he should have said. <laughs> we have everything we need. Uh, look, we have left everything and followed you, Peter began to say to him. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left a house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with uh, persecutions, and in, a in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Um, in other gospel accounts, doesn't the man who approaches... Jesus, isn't this, it, 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 doesn't this occur in other Gospels? Uh, and doesn't he have a name in the other accounts? It, it occurs in Matthew and Luke as well. And he does not have a name. Okay. But um, in Luke, he's identified as a ruler. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm just looking at this particular Bible translation from me. It does a, a little bit of a cheat where it calls the story the rich... Um, still calls it the rich young man but in luke it really is about a ruler it doesn't say anything about him being young or or being a man um whereas in uh, matthew and luke um or i'm sorry in mark it is uh -huh. uh, a man who runs up to him and in matthew it's one came up to him oh okay okay um, and and uh, let, let's all acknowledge how fun it is that Jesus calls his disciples children. Yes. <laughs> Which is great. Children, pay attention. <laughs> um, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, but I, I have to admit, I'm a little perplexed at their astonishment here. It's easier for the, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And their response is, oh, then who could possibly be saved if not the rich? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get that re response. I mean, like the, the, the rich have never really been venerated as, you know, most the closest to a deity uh, uh, it, throughout most of history, like that, it kind of seems like the rich have been reviled for eons, right? I mean, it's kind of always been a thing, hasn't hasn't it? Yes and no. Okay, let me tell you a quick story, please. Um, 
a couple parishes ago, um, this was back in the 90s, I was serving the Episcopal Church, and in the church parking, I'm sorry, in the hospital parking lot, they had two parking spaces reserved for clergy making hospital calls, uh-huh. hospital visits. And so for a number of years, I'd park in one, and you know, then sometimes the other, someone else would be parked in the other, and you know, be an aging Toyota or Honda or something in the other one. I drove a Jeep Wrangler that was aging, so I was kind of had a little snicker over that because that was cool. Uh, <laughs> but then suddenly, in the next stall, there started to be Lincoln Continentals. Mm. I was like, "What's going on here?" And, you know, I I literally thought someone was stealing the clergy parking spaces, and so at our next um, community clergy breakfast, I mentioned that. Do you, you know? It's, are they running out of doctor's parking spaces? Because now there are these Lincoln Continentals of various colors being mm-hmm. parked there. And one of the non-denominational clergy explained that a new hip young pastor type had opened a new church and was stealing members from the other churches. And part of his spiel was, you can tell God loves me more because I drive a Lincoln Continental. And so the non-denominational churches in town, which were dozens, Mm. all, not all, many started to buy their clergy, Lincoln Continentals, because among the non-denominational Christians, there now was this gospel of Lincoln's being a symbol of God's favor. True story. I threw up in my mouth a little. Uh... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And... That is unfortunately how the human race has often responded to even in the face of of prophets and Jesus and Paul and so many others saying, no, (laughs) yeah, yeah, your worldly possessions. It's not that it's not as though the the message hasn't been out there. We literally just read from Amos. Uh, yeah. a few minutes ago and that's a completely different time frame and time period and uh, mm-hmm. different location than the gospel of mark uh uh it's but so so uh well, there's still even... s- still that level of astonishment that the, the, the uh, an assumption that the wealthy were were uh, oh, yeah. so close to the kingdom of god it's it's very strong in american christianity it's the the name for it is the prosperity gospel. Well, I mean, yeah, I've, I I I think I you know I, I I've heard that before. Yeah, uh, I I didn't think it was that prevalent though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. most most people don't sit there, you know, don't sit around going like, oh, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, very godly men, <laughs> you know. Well. Probably not those individuals because they don't express it that way. But there, are, in, in the time of the robber barons, many of the robber barons were good church-going men, mm-hmm. and there were a whole lot of religious leaders who were willing to have them in their congregations. In part by saying, "Yes, you can tell someone is loved by God and that they're living a good life." because they are being rewarded on earth with riches. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it's the opposite of what's being said here. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, the opposite of what's being said here, uh, it, I think Jesus polls uh, uh, there here in the tail end of the reading uh, what I would consider to be a little bit of a rope-a-dope. Uh, uh, <laughs> like uh, uh, rope-a-dope for, for, for the uh, uh, non-boxing uh, uh, individual listeners out there, of which I actually count myself as one. But uh, um uh, was a kind of like a Muhammad Ali move where you, it was a feint, right? Like a mm-hmm. like a, a, a thinking that he was going to move one way and he'd move another, um, and 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 fool you. Jesus is telling Peter and the other disciples. Um, there, it starts off <laughs> sounding as though it's going one way and it goes a completely different direction. Um, uh, no one who has left their house, left house, or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children of fields, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get a hundredfold. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> so, so Jesus like. This is after they've left everything and followed him. And after Peter, you know, fully acknowledges that. And he goes, and this is Jesus saying like, yeah, it's going to get worse. (laughs) I mean, am I wrong? Is that what he's saying? You are not wrong. Okay. Um, And yeah, that Mark is not the, the touch, the the touchy feely, give you a uh, nice hug gospel. (laughs) No. Um, and, and interestingly, um, in the long list of, of what you get, there's Mm -hmm. no mention of, of your father. Oh yeah. I guess not (laughs) expressly left out. Yeah. Which has led to all sorts of speculation about, um, was that, um, to a reminder of the the one father of all creation or or what was that about mm-hmm. um and no firm agreement but yeah you're right that it's the oh okay we're gonna be really rewarded wait a minute you did it again <laughs> i keep falling for this um now the, the way that verse 30 is structured are we to interpret uh that th- there's 200 fold that there's the hundredfold now in this age and a different hundredfold in the age to come uh, um, uh, for an eternal life. Because the list is kind of, again, it's, it's done by way of translation to kind of stand out uh, because there's double dashes, at least in, in the, the, the version that we're reading off of the, uh, the Vanderbilt website. But the, the, the list, the houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions is dashed out in between the reference of now in this age and then and in the age to come eternal life. So is that separation made to indicate like he's saying, like, you're going to get 100 times worse now, but 100 times better next, you know, in, in eternal life? Well, interestingly, um, in Luke, the way he made he tr- he he communicates a little more clearly that um, 
where he where he makes it clear that's in this life you receive the manifold multiplication of whatever you gave up mm-hmm. and then after that there's you get eternal life that's two separate things okay so luke does put the negatives with the here and now yeah and okay. matthew matthew does as well um so that so, might be influencing the translation why we get the the, the double dashes here because uh, of other gospels accounts on it yeah because i mean sometimes when you have ambiguous greek you do have to see where the other gospels came down on the when it's the same exact thing mm-hmm. um i'm just taking a quick look at the greek um yeah the the greek in the in mark is briefer than the greek in the other two but it in the greek it's clear that eternal life is a different setting from which the um brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands Mm -hmm. um, and -hmm. persecutions take place gotcha okay so it is two separate events so to speak and presumably um where this hundredfold is coming from is not personal possessions as the prosperity gospel might interpret it but Mm -hmm. rather by being part of a christian community okay okay so 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 kind of like an an indication like you're gonna feel lost and alone here now but you'll you'll be part of a greater community later not even that much later okay because Mm -hmm. it's the people he's jesus is speaking to it by the tenses have already left house brothers sisters mother father children Mm -hmm. or lands for the sake of jesus Mm -hmm. and because of that they shall have now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands um a hundredfold with persecutions so Mm -hmm. it's yes you do have to leave what you know but you very quickly enter into for to use a very oversimplification um, imagery you enter into the family of christianity Hmm. Hmm. cool um while we're we're discussing uh uh, translation choices uh, i find it odd that in verse 24 while he is repeating to them again and calling them children uh he the statement is how hard is it to enter the kingdom of god and we give it an exclamation mark instead of a question mark so that's kind of funny um (laughs) probably because he doesn't wait for them to respond (laughs) he goes right into the answer um uh it's easier for the for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of god and i've heard um that this is analogous to like the city, like a, 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 a gate at the city. Is this, is there any validity in this? Like a, a gate of the city where the a camel has to like get well, rid of all the things it's carrying in order to pass through. I... That, that was a very 
very popular interpretation in American Christianity in the well, basically late 1800s through the first half of the 20th century and, mm-hmm. and had a certain shelf life beyond that, uh, that there was the gate of the camel um, around Jerusalem. And if you had a, a camel loaded with luggage mm-hmm. and went through the camel's gate or any pack animal um, or even a, a loaded up human, they had to be unloaded walk through the gate and then be reloaded Mm, okay unfortunately archaeology does not bear that out as being true okay and jerusalem has been i mean there's still a lot more to discover but i you know the entire city wall has been excavated they know where all the gates were and their sizes and none of them were built in such an impractical way that you couldn't take a loaded animal through interesting so it so, was it was basically made into an allegory of people unloading their personal baggage uh, in order to successfully encounter God. Well, but, we really we really do have this fascination with making uh, all scripture literal. Uh, so I guess that and, makes sense that we've attempted to do so. Well, yeah, and this way it, it was a way of being able to justify being rich being materially rich um because it's yeah it's it's just about what your priorities are man that's all jesus is worried about here right right no it's a little more confrontive than that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh i I think so i think so um i mean this is supposed to be a gospel that passage that makes a squirm of it and as often happened in American biblical interpretation, um, either it was taken to one extreme of y'all going to hell, or mm-hmm. it was taken to the other extreme of if you're with us, you're not, uh, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of the outgrowth of the what came to be known as the Protestant work ethic um, out of the Puritan tradition the successful financially successful were no longer seen as questionable but instead as blessed and therefore analogies around the material wealth teachings became very popular even as a more literal um, interpretation was still applied to sexual ethics and others mm. mm-hmm. yeah we do we do have a tendency to hear and read what we really want to yeah. be said. <laughs> so. and, and speaking as a cleric, clergy are, and to invoke Alfred the Great, clergy are notorious for preaching in a way that fills the collection plate. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's why it's crucial to reform the learning, uh, the teaching, and the practice of the clergy over and over again. Yeah, no, that was never your problem, though. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> I had to throw it in there. I had to, it was too easy. It was too easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, sorry about that. Uh, I couldn't help myself. Uh, Will there be a Lincoln in my parking space on Sunday? <laughs> You know what? At this point in time, that pr- that would not be the status symbol anymore. <laughs> That's true. 
Oh, God, he drives a Lincoln. Someone pay this man. This car's 30 years old. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. At least, at least he can sleep in it if he becomes old. <laughs> That's right. So, so yes, uh, I, I encourage you to find a 30-year-old-plus 30, 30 Lincoln and start driving it around as your status symbol you deserve. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Uh, so, uh, with that uh, last burn, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up uh, this year podcast for October 10th, 2021, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. And, again, uh, we encourage you to join us. Uh, uh, whatever, however you can this week in person at eight and 10 on Sunday, uh, and our nine o'clock hour in between, uh, for, for adult and children learning and, uh, formation actually is the word I should have used, um, or online at our, um, live broadcast of the 10 o'clock service or thereafter once it's uh, uh once it's uh, put up on our website at hfec videos there's uh links in the bulletin to the service material there will there's also uh references on our website uh, holyfamilyfishers.org uh, that has an array of things that are going on in addition to uh, uh the uh the the service uh um bulletin so um anything else to plug before we go yeah i i took a chance to not listen to you for a minute and <laughs> <laughs> this sunday for adult ed we'll be talking about the episcopal church in hawaii um mm. in pre-colonial times and and the results being hawaii for i don't know how it is right now but for most of its history being a predominantly christian Episcopal community among the Christians. Hmm. Very because cool. Because King Kamehameha chose the Episcopal Church. Very cool. Well, yeah. May may everyone take the opportunity to stop listening to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you would be better for it. Uh, well, and with that, uh, we look forward to speaking with you next time, and and again seeing you uh, in some way, shape, or form on Sunday. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.